Hello, and welcome to A Course in Miracles for Regular People. I'm your host, Reverend Robin. In this podcast, we read and discuss the text of A Course in Miracles. I also have another podcast that is reading and discussing the daily workbook lessons. That one is called A Course in Miracles Daily Workbook Lessons for Regular People. I love talking with people about A Course in Miracles and the daily lessons, and I welcome interaction and feedback. There are several ways you can reach out to me if you'd like to chat. I'm on Twitter at ACIMFOR. I have a Facebook page called A Course in Miracles for Regular People. You can email me at ACIMFRP, that's A Course in Miracles for Regular People, ACIMFRP at gmail.com. Or you can simply go to anchor.fm and leave me a voice message. Actually, you can also make donations on Anchor if you'd like to support this podcast, and I really appreciate that. Now let's get started with today's episode. Hello, and welcome to episode number 92. We will be continuing with chapter 4, Illusions of the Ego, and we will be starting section 7, Creation and Communication. Before we get into the new section, let's review our takeaways from episode number 91. Number one, the more we turn to Jesus or the Holy Spirit in decision-making, the more we'll get better results, and those results will show us that it is the only sane choice to be made. You've heard me mention before a teacher called Abraham Hicks, and Abraham says, words don't teach. Life experience teaches. So I could sit here all day and tell you over and over again that when you have a decision to make, inquire of the Holy Spirit or Jesus and you will definitely get better results. But if you don't do it, you're not going to learn anything just by me telling you. But when you do start to do that, the results you get will show you that it is the only sane choice to be made. It will give the best results. Number two, our mission is simple, to live in a way that makes it evident that we are not an ego. We're really not required to do anything. Our bodies are channels through which God's spirit flows. It's the whole do nothing and leave nothing undone thing talked about in the Tao Te Ching. And number three, love does not conquer all things. It sets them right. All right. Paragraph one. It says, It is clear that while the content of any particular ego illusion does not matter, its correction is more helpful in a specific context. Ego illusions are quite specific, although the mind is naturally abstract. Part of the mind becomes concrete, however, when it splits. The concrete part believes in the ego because the ego depends on the concrete. The ego is the part of the mind that believes your existence is defined by separation. So now I'm going to go back and break that down a little bit for everybody. It is clear 
that while the content of any particular ego illusion does not matter, in other words, an illusion's an illusion, it's not real, and that is what matters. Continuing, its correction, or the correction of the illusion, is more helpful in a specific context because ego illusions are quite specific, although the mind is naturally abstract. So specific and abstract are obviously opposites. The specificity of the illusion calls for the correction to be specific as well. So continuing. Part of the mind becomes concrete, however, when it splits. The concrete part of the mind believes in the ego. Because the ego depends on the concrete, the ego is not abstract. It likes to pretend sometimes that it is, but it's not. It looks at the physical, um, seeing, hearing, smelling, tasting, touching. So the ego, continuing, the ego is part of the mind, the ego is the part of the mind that believes your existence is defined by separation, me versus you or us versus them. Paragraph two, everything the ego perceives is a separate whole without the relationships that imply being. The ego is thus against communication, except insofar as it is utilized to establish separateness rather than to abolish it. The communication system of the ego is based on its own thought system, as is everything else it dictates. Its communication is controlled by its need to protect itself, and thus will it disrupt communication when it experiences threat. This disruption is a reaction to a specific person or persons. The specificity of the ego's thinking, then, results in spurious generalization, which is really not abstract at all. It merely responds in certain specific ways to everything it perceives as related. All right, going back and breaking it down. Everything the ego perceives is a separate whole, a separate whole thing in and of itself, like you are separate from me, and you are your whole self, and I am my whole self. Continuing, without the relationships that imply being. So in our natural state of spirit, there is only oneness. We're all connected, being part of a greater whole known as God or the sonship. In this natural state, there's a constant communication between the Father and the sonship. This, this is being. So a separate, quote-unquote, whole individual person is not aware of the underlying oneness where real communication is experienced. Continuing, the ego is thus against communication. In other words, it's against it because communication would lead to the realization of oneness. So the ego is against it. Continuing, except insofar as it is utilized to establish separateness rather than to abolish it. So remembering oneness would abolish the idea of separateness. And 
using communication to establish or reinforce the idea of separateness is the kind of communication that the ego does like. Communicating from me to you rather than, you know, everything being one and whatever I think you already think, that's the kind of communication the ego says, I am talking to you and not to that other person that reinforces separateness. Continuing. The communication system of the ego is based on its own thought system, as is everything else it dictates. Its communication is controlled by its need to protect itself, and it will disrupt communication when it experiences threat. So as long as any communication that the ego has with anyone agrees with the idea of separateness, the ego is open to it. But as soon as something comes up that may indicate some type of unity or oneness, the ego just throws up walls and refuses any further interaction of that type. So, continuing. This disruption is a reaction to a specific person or persons. The specificity of the ego's thinking, then, results in spurious generalization, which is not abstract at all. It merely responds in certain specific ways to everything it perceives as related. Now, I never heard that word spurious before, so I had to look it up. Dictionary.com defines it like this. Number one, not genuine, authentic, or true. Not from the claimed, pretended, or proper source. In other words, counterfeit. And the second definition is referring to biology, where it's two or more parts, such as plants, like two plants that have similar appearance, but different structure. <clears throat> so what happens is that someone says something to an ego that has some sort of indication of unity, and the ego just begins talking a good game. It says things that on the surface appear to be true. They're of similar appearance, but they're different in structure. And it makes generalizations that may sound abstract, but at their root, they're specific. So the ego has different reactions to different situations. It's like if it likes what it's hearing, it responds in agreement. If it doesn't like what it hears, it responds by trying to convey ideas that sound good, but are not authentic. So the ego reacts differently to different situations based on what it feels is needed in each situation. Paragraph three. In contrast, spirit reacts in the same way to everything it knows is true and does not respond at all to anything else nor does it make any attempt to establish what is true. It knows what is true is everything God created. It is in complete and direct communication with every aspect of creation because it is in complete and direct communication with its creator. This communication is the will of God. Creation and communication are synonymous. God created every mind by communicating his mind to it. 
thus establishing it forever as a channel for the reception of his mind and will. Since only beings of a like order can truly communicate, his creations naturally communicate with him and like him. This communication is perfectly abstract since its quality is universal in application and not subject to any judgment, any exception, or any alteration. God created you by this and for this. The mind can distort its function, but it cannot endow itself with function it was not given. That is why the mind cannot totally lose the ability to communicate, even though it may refuse to utilize it on behalf of being. So now we're going to break down paragraph three, and it's very important to remember that at the end of paragraph two, we learned that the ego communicates differently based on different situations and what it feels is needed in each situation. So in contrast to that, spirit reacts in the same way to everything it knows is true and does not respond at all to anything else. Now that's saying that the spirit reacts in the same way does not mean that it responds the same way as the ego, but that spirit reacts with consistency to everything it knows is true and ignores everything else. Continuing. Nor does it make any attempt to establish what is true. There's no need to insist on the truth. Truth stands on its own. So it, spirit, knows that what is true is everything that God created. It is in complete and direct communication with every aspect of creation because it is in complete and direct communication with its creator. Meaning... Spirit's communication is complete and direct with its creator and every aspect of creation. Continuing, this communication is the will of God. Creation and communication are synonymous. I find that very interesting. Continuing, God created every mind by communicating his mind to it thus establishing it forever as a channel for the reception of his mind and will. So that's what we are. We're a channel for the reception of our Father's mind and will because communication is creation. That is how we were created. God communicated via thought with us and we came into being. It's like this. The Bible says in the King James Version that God said, let there be light. And light was. Another version says that God said, light be. My thought is that God said, or rather thought, or had the idea of light. And as the thought became light, came into existence. In the same way, he had the idea of us, and as that idea became a thought, we came into existence. Continuing, since only beings of a like order can truly communicate, his creations naturally communicate with him and like him. 
I feel like that's a really powerful statement. Only beings of a like order can truly communicate. Like I can talk to my dogs and they can respond with wagging their tail or, or whining or some other noise that they make or they can communicate with their body language. But that's not true communication because she's conveying an idea but I'm not understanding exactly what she's meaning. And it's the same way with the ego and God. The ego tries to communicate with other beings, other people, or even trying to communicate with God. But the ego can't communicate with God and can't communicate with brothers and sisters using the ego's form of communication because the ego is not spirit. So because God created us, we're like him and we communicate the same way he does. Continuing, this communication is perfectly abstract. In other words, there's nothing specific about it. Since its quality is universal in application and not subject to any judgment, any exception, or any alteration. <clears throat> so there's nothing real that this communication doesn't apply to. God created you by this and for this. The mind can distort its function, but it cannot endow itself with function that it was not given. So because that's how we were created and why we were created... When the ego mind, <clears throat> excuse me, when the mind believes in the ego, then the mind's communication can be distorted, but it, it can't change, it can distort its communication, but it can't change the fact that it can communicate. So even the mind that believes that it's the ego cannot really make itself able to block or discontinue real communication. Continuing. The mind cannot endow itself with function it was not given. That is why the mind cannot totally lose the ability to communicate, even though it may refuse to utilize it on behalf of being. So the ego mind can refuse to use real communication to return to the, the real spirit state of being. But that doesn't mean that the mind actually lost its ability to communicate. That ability is still there. It's just covered up with the ego thoughts and the ego's attempt at communication. I think that's enough for today and here are my takeaways number one the ego mind can refuse to use real communication to return to the real spirit state of being but that doesn't mean that the mind actually lost its ability to communicate number two the ego reacts differently to different situations based on what it feels is needed in each situation 
And in contrast to that, spirit reacts the same way to everything it knows it's true and does not respond at all to anything else. And number three, only beings of a like order can truly communicate. This week, I wish you a week of true communication. Many blessings. Namaste.